0: Thank you Father. We bless your name this morning. We honor you. We magnify you. Speak to us this morning again by your word. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Again it's my honor to be here this morning. Celebrate and honor God's servant, Pastor Shola Kinde, Thank you so much. Pastor Shola is such a humble and meek man. Um, It takes largeness of heart for a minister to be able to relate without class or pedigree. So, when you find a man who can interact at that level, then the Lord has truly done a great work in his heart. He interacts with us as though we
1: are.
0: <laughs> he's a very senior minister, but he is truly meek, truly humble. He relates with you like a brother, even though we are not brothers. In this kingdom, we don't break ranks, we know those who are seniors. And every time we have the privilege of relating with people who, though senior but yet decide to humble themselves, it goes a great deal to teach us the life, the nature, and the way of God. And thank you for, for teaching us even without talking. Thank you so much. Truly honor you. Truly honor you. Thank you, sir. My senior friends came in all the way from Accra yesterday, Mr. Waters and his friend, just to share fellowship. I was overwhelmed when I saw them. They've shown me so much love and encouragement. Every time I meet him, I receive prophetic words. He doesn't go by the title of a preacher or an apostle or a prophet, but the word of the Lord is with him. And so it's always a delight to see him. Thank you for coming, sir. The Lord bless you. Thank you so much. Honor you. And every minister in the house this morning again, thank you so much for coming. The Lord bless and increase you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'll be sharing with us briefly this morning just to add up to the few things that I shared yesterday. When we have a conference of this magnitude where great ministers, many of them coming to be a blessing, you know that the counsel of God will be fragmented. God will give you a portion and give another person a portion so that a corporate witness can be generated to bring the counsel of God. And so I want to add a tiny portion to the many things the Lord will be sharing in the course of this conference. Our generation is in need of truth. One of the things that is truly lacking in our generation is truth. Truth is not necessarily accumulation of head knowledge and I shared with us yesterday I said the sign and the proof that a man knows truth is not that he knows a lot is that he's delivered a lot because when you know truth the Bible said the truth shall make you free in John 8.32 it said thou shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free so when a man knows truth the sign and the proof is not how much he says It is how much of reality he carries, experiences, and communicates. When you see sickness all over the place, it means there's so much teaching about healing, but healing is not yet known. Because the sign that we know it is that we will walk in health, not that we will preach the doctrine. When you see people walking in sin and immorality is beginning to dominate our society the sanity of our society, the soul of our society is beginning to suffer corruption. We may know a lot about holiness and about righteousness, but we have not known that truth. Because when we know it, our territories will be delivered from the power of immorality. And so our generation is in need of truth. There is so much activities going on, but truth is scarce. Sometimes even in the midst of the shouting, the noise, and all of what is happening, when you calm the noise down and you look for the substance of truth, you will discover it is scarce. There is so much happening, but truth is curse. And the reason is because there is a credential that a generation will have to be able to communicate truth. Especially those who lead a generation. There are three credentials that any man who wants to communicate truth must have. The first is knowledge. You cannot communicate truth except you know it. And when I say you know it I'm not just saying you have a head understanding of it I'm talking about walking in the experience of that truth Because you cannot communicate what you do not know John said the things that we have seen and heard Declare we unto you What it means is that the things we have experienced Is what we are communicating to a generation So we are witnesses of this reality That means we must labor to apprehend truth to communicate it to our generation. he said, buy the truth, sell it not. The reason there is scarcity of truth in our generation is because many don't pay the price to acquire truth. They just hear something, they want to make a name for themselves. And they run out saying things that they don't know. That you try to emphasize something aggressively does not mean you know it. You can talk about the power of God aggressively. People will be in bondage And nothing will happen At the end of the day You will excite them They will clap hands And they will go But they will still be in captivity You can talk about the healing anointing And say it intelligently But people will leave that that service Even with headache There will be no healing Because not many have truth But many are saying things That look like truth It's not truth Until you have experienced it You don't know it Number two For you to be able to communicate truth Your heart must be full of love The Bible says Speaking the truth in love. Many people come trying to advance and advocate truth, but the truth is that They don't know what they are talking about The reason is because their heart sometimes is full of bitterness Most of the times you see people aggressively communicating reality It's not just truth they are saying They are actually pouring out bitterness on people because of the things they've suffered That's why many times you hear people Nobody is ever right in their sight Most times you hear people Everything they say is with so much anger If you are discerning You can pick the frequencies of their heart That these guys are just communicating bitterness Sometimes they hurt that people did to them they are not healed from it. And then they use that heart to become a message. It may sound intelligent and wise, but I tell you that is not truth. You will listen to such things and at the end of the day, you will leave that place with a lot of bitterness and you will discover that you will fall into more captivity. Even though it sounds very intelligent, it's not true. Until a man is dominated with love, he cannot communicate truth. And the third thing that makes for communicating truth is faith. A fearful man can never communicate truth. The way a man who is not full of love cannot tell truth, that's how a, selfish man, a, a fearful man cannot say truth. The reason a man that does not have love cannot communicate truth is because he will only say the things that favor him. He will only say the things that make him appear big, the things that make him, make him appear perfect. So selfishness will negate the possibility of communicating truth for some, from such a man. That's how fear will also tame a man from saying truth. He will only say truth to the degree that he sustains his safety. If it begins to threaten him, he can bend. There is compromise at different cedar. Because every time he is threatening, he will change his confession. And so when that man is talking, the Lord cannot pour his credibility upon it. So we have a generation that does not have experience. We have a generation that is full of bitterness and selfishness. We have a generation that is full of fear. And so most of the things we say, when we carry it through the prison of light, or we carry it through all the circumstances of life, we we'll discover that there is no stamina. There is no accuracy and there is no consistency. This is why a lot of people are walking in darkness. This is why a lot of people are walking in crisis. So when we have a believers convention like this, one of the things we are trusting God for is that you will hear a truth that will bring true deliverance to your life. You didn't just come here to hear a lot of new things. Most of the things you'll be hearing, you may have heard them before. The only difference this time is that we are trusting God that these things will come to you as reality. Not just as a body of knowledge that will increase your knowing and your knowledge. And you will go out and you have heard a new thing about the anointing. You have heard a new thing about power and you want to say the same. We are trusting God that you have an encounter with truth that will provoke deliverance. So somebody will leave this conference. he's given to masturbation and addiction. But suddenly he leaves the conference and he discovers that he is free of that addiction. Not because any religious activity or ritual took place, but truth came to that person, and the person realizes that there has been a shift. Somebody will come to this conference walking in pain, walking in health challenges and peris, but you just heard the truth, and suddenly you realize that you are not just healed; you are the healing of God to a nation. You are the band of Gilead to your generation. And because that truth has come to you You just walk free of sickness Somebody will be in the conference struggling with borrowing With poverty of all sorts And then truth comes to you And then you just realize that you have the power to get well And as you leave the conference you discover That something has changed That is when the conference profited you That is when you learned something from the conference That is when you receive something from the conference I'm saying this to let you know That you need to focus your heart this morning To receive from the Lord Not just to be impressed by the many things that will be said. Sometimes you will come for a conference like this and because the Holy Ghost will guide your utterance, you may have a lot of things to say, but God will trap you on one thing. He's just emphasizing that one thing. And somebody who doesn't know the difference between truth and much knowledge... We assume that, uh, why is he overemphasizing this? I know this thing he's saying now. What is happening? But God is drawing your attention to it. Because if you know it, you'd have been working in the experience. Not because you can talk about it. So when we come for conferences like this, it's good to overlook every other thing that is happening and find out the word of the Lord that is for you. You can be a pastor. You can be an evangelist. You can be a prophet. But God can just be emphasizing love. And you don't know why God is talking about love. Until you pay attention to it and find out what God is saying You will not know that that malice you have been keeping with everybody Is the reason why you can't go forward And the reason God is talking love Is to help you bring forgiveness To a situation that you have kept Or held for a very long period of time Which is the reason why you can't go forward God may be emphasizing love And you don't know that what God is trying to say Is to relieve you of a burden A burden that has kept you in one location for so long So please Don't be carried away by much speaking. Find out what God is saying. There is a truth that needs to come in your direction for deliverance to be engendered. And a conference like this is designed for you to receive that truth. It may not be many. It could be just a phrase. But that phrase will be what will will make the difference. Are we together this morning? Are you learning something this morning already? Truth is what you came here to receive. And I trust the Lord this morning that you will receive something. Now, in order to advance truth, there are three things that you must receive. The first is the knowledge of what. If you don't know what you are receiving, it won't profit you. So when a spiritual emphasis is brought forward, you pay attention to find out what exactly is this emphasis. it said, sound from heaven. What is it? I'm not just coming to experience an atmosphere and enjoy the anointing. What is this? What is God saying? When a man can know what, then he has begun to join in the path of truth. When you know what, then you look for the next, which is why. Because if you don't know why, you will not know why what is important. Why is what gives value to what. If I talk about salvation and you don't know why salvation is necessary, you may not even think you need it. But when you know why salvation is important, then you will know that you truly need salvation now that you have known why and the significance of what has been unveiled to you then you go to the next level which is how how is how you domesticate what you have received what will not be profitable until you know why why will not be profitable until you know how there are lots of people that know a lot of what so when you talk about power they know what when you talk about fasting they know what when you talk about the anointing they know what when you talk about angelic realm, they know what but they don't even know why the power is there. So they are asking God for money. They are asking God for influence. They are asking God for the healing anointing. Why is it necessary? They don't know. They are just talking about the healing anointing everywhere. And because they don't know what, they don't qualify to have They don't know why, they don't qualify to have what. But when a man knows why, then he knows the significance of spiritual things. If you don't know the, spirit, the significance of spiritual things, you will abuse them. And there is a law in the spirit. They say, give not holy things to swine. Because when they receive it, they will trivialize it. They will trample upon it. So when God knows that you don't know why, there will be no need to give you what. But when you know why, then the Holy Ghost will take you further and show you how. This thing I've heard, how does it become my possession? When you know how, then you have apprehended truth. Then your life can change. Don't be so carried away by many things. When you hear something, try to dissect it. Find out why it is important. When you know why it is important Find out how you will receive it And how you will walk in it So this morning I will just do a recap On the sound from heaven Because what I was trying to say yesterday Was just what I was just trying to explain What the sound from heaven is And what it comes to do And this morning I will talk about the why And then I will talk about the how Because it's not just enough for you to know What is the sound from heaven A lot of people may not even know it I assure you Because they will be in the conference They will be expecting something to happen They will be expecting something spectacular to take place So that they will know that there is a sound from heaven Nothing spectacular may happen But I assure you Many spiritual things will happen It takes discernment to see the spiritual things Anybody can see the spectacular thing But it will take discernment To see the spiritual thing A spectacular thing can happen around you You will not benefit from it But when you discern a spiritual thing You make it your possession So, I started talking about what the sound from heaven is yesterday. This morning, I will talk about why the sound from heaven is important. And I will talk about how to receive that sound from heaven. If I am able to communicate this trusting God for utterance, then somebody would have received something this morning that will change his or her life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, there were two things I said yesterday, just as a recap. Number one, of course, I said the sound from heaven it's an inaudible sound. It is just the reality of God's Spirit trafficking in your direction. It can come in form of a whisper, it can come in form of a scripture, it can come in form of a knowing, it can come in form of a vision, but it's a spiritual reality communicated in your direction that brings you into an awareness. That stepping into that awareness by reason of that spiritual reality is what we call the sound from heaven. And it can come in different ways. Sometimes it can even come in form of a memory. You may just be in this meeting and God takes your memory back about something that happened before. And He will use that event to educate you. The message might be going on and you leave the auditorium. And then it takes you back to your family 10 years ago. And play a reality or a, a circumstance that took place. And He will use that circumstance to bring you into an awareness. So a sound from heaven is a traffic of a spiritual reality in the direction of a man that brings that man into an awareness. And I say when you receive this sound from God, there are two things that will happen to you. Number one is that there is a knowing that will come to you that you are of God. What it means is that you have stepped into the class of God. Because that was what God had in mind When he began to create you God did not go about creating man Just because he wants to do something God created man because he wanted to Represent himself In the visible realm So that man will be doing what he should be doing So when God looks at man God will see himself live out through man That was the idea And that's why every time God completes this project He hands over everything to man When he carried out this project in Eden He handed over everything to man and he stepped back to heaven. He expected the man to carry out his agenda on the face of the earth. But when man failed, Jesus came back. When Jesus completed this project, he handed over everything back to man and he stepped aside. Because the agenda was for God to live out himself through mortal vessels. So when you hear this sound, what will happen to you is that you will realize that you are in the God class. It is not enough that you are anointed. It's not enough that you are knowledgeable, you must come to that point where you know, like you know your name, that you are in the God class. And so, I use the scripture in First John, chapter 5, verse 4. It said, You are of God. It didn't say you are from God, it said, You are of that means you are of the substance of God, whatever it is that God is. He said, That is what you are. And he said, Because you are of God, you have overcome them, because you are living in a class and in a realm that is superior to every other realm so every one of us sitting here is a dimension of God locked up in human vessel when we begin to walk in this reality our congregation will become the company of God and all of us will manifest different dimensions of God you will not need an apostle to stand on the pulpit or a prophet to begin to declare before people are healed I've always said this that when the church comes to full maturity We will disseminate spiritual responsibilities. You will be shocked that you may come to a church, the pastor may just share the word of God. The usher will be the one healing the sick. Because you are of God. And that's the dimension he represents. You will be shocked that the janitor will be the one giving prophetic word. And the service will be going on. And when God begins to speak, the guy will throw in from the generator room and say, this is the word of the Lord. And then you'll say, who is this? He (laughs) says, he's the janitor. So the guy owning the generator will not... Suffer inferiority complex. There will be no point for that. The guy who is on the altar will not feel so proud that he's bigger than everybody. We are just in different departments carrying out the same assignment. But the body can never get there until we know we are of God. Until we know we are of God. You will just walk up to church and then a sister will walk up to you and say, Be of good cheer. The Lord told me last night that this situation you are going through it is worth. Well. And then you say, are you a prophet? You say, no, I'm Sister Mata. What do you do in church? I'm a cleaner. Why? You are of God. That's a dimension that she carries. And it will become so natural. It's a sign that the body has come to maturity. When we still have superstars and everybody is glamouring some, some, around one person, then there's a challenge. And we'll be so mature that even though these manifestations are taking place, we will not break ranks. The cleaner we know that there is a set man over the assignment. Because the goal now is not the manifestation. The goal is who we are. Because the testimony is not that I can heal the sick. The testimony is that I'm of God. So God flows through me through healing. The testimony is not that I can prophesy. The testimony is that I'm of God. So God speaks through me. And so because we know that we are all of God. Every one of us. We walk in an assurance that nobody can take away. That is when we will no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Somebody can come to your church and say, I'm anointed. Say, drop this money on the altar and this will happen. No. No. I don't drop money for things to happen. I'm the one that makes things happen. I drop money because I love the Lord. I drop money because there's a movement of the Spirit in my heart. There's an agenda that all of us must corporately sponsor. You cannot, you cannot dribble me into taking my money. No. I'm, it's not even mine in the first place. I'm a steward. So it's God's money, and I don't spend it carelessly. And so, your sweet tongue cannot make me misappropriate God's money. This is God's money. He trusted me with it, and I do it how God leads me. A church has come to maturity. Somebody can't come to the altar and tell you, if you want to prosper, do this. No, 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 no. I am prosperity manifestation. I don't want because he said, whatsoever he doeth, he shall prosper and prosperity manifestation you can't manipulate me into doing things you have come to that level where you know who you are in Christ Jesus but it will take a sound for you to step into that atmosphere for you to step into that realm there are many people that are still struggling with the identity that circumstances imposed on them they are still struggling with the identity that their earthly family imposed on them you need to hear a sound that will remind you that you are of heaven you are of the God class Your life began from the resurrection and the earthly life ended at the cross. So you are not somebody looking for help. You are somebody mightily helped of God. And when there is a need, God can move men to help you. God can move systems to help you. You are not running around trying to survive. You have assurance in God and you have become like Mount Zion that cannot be moved. So it's not just this conference has come this year. We are looking forward to the next year. No, I leave this conference today knowing that I am of God. I leave this conference today knowing that I am the help that the world is waiting for. I leave this conference today knowing that I'm the voice that the world is waiting for. I leave this conference today knowing that I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am of God. It's an assurance that everyone must come into. That's the idea behind the sound. The sound came to make you the sound. The sound came to make you the reflector and the representation of God in the visible realm. And until you come into the fullness of that manifestation, you have heard nothing. You may leave this conference with new messages. You may even score the messages you hear. And you'll go and preach it somewhere. You didn't receive it. When you receive it, something will change about your molecular structure. And I told you, when God shouts, or when God releases a sound, the idea is for recreation. Because when he shouted in Genesis, he recreated the world. At the rapture, the Bible said he will descend with a shout. And it will change. Paul said, like in the twinkling of an eye, we will all be changed. So every time there is a sound from heaven, is to alter your molecular structure. is to alter your DNA, so that you will align with the heavenly. That's why in 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 45, it said, we are of heaven. It said, the same way the first Adam was of the earth, and the second Adam was of heaven. He says, so are we. Having bore that which is earthy, he said we must also bear that which is heavenly we must bear what is of the heaven that means in this present world now and today you should represent the heavenly dimension and that's why in first john four seventeen, 17 he said as he is he didn't say so you will be he says so are you in this world but what is the consciousness that you carry you carry the consciousness of uncertainty that things may not work. You carry the consciousness of fear. That things may not work. You carry the consciousness of backwardness. They said things don't work in a biokuta. People don't succeed in a biokuta. That's people. I'm not part of the people. We are of God, little children. You are of the God class. A thousand may fall by your side. Ten thousand by your right hand. It will not come near you with your eyes. You will see and behold the recompense of the wicked. That is how you live your life. It begins with the consciousness. And you cannot have that consciousness until you pick something from another dimension. It will re-educate you. It will reprogram you. It will reconfigure you and it will re-engineer you. That's what the sound has come to do. To bring you into a, a new order. Let anybody talk you down. Some people lose confidence so much that even in getting married, they think they are not qualified. They think they are not good enough. And you see them running around trying to win the approval of men. No say, if I be a servant of man, I'm not a servant of Christ. I honor men but I don't live to please men. I live to please God. It takes a consciousness. Don't let anybody come around you and make you feel you are not good enough. Don't make anybody come around you and make you feel they are managing you for now. Nobody's qualified to manage you. You are of God. God is concerned about you. God trusts in you. God depends on you. This is what conferences like this have come to do to you. It's not for anointed men to be arrayed before you and you clap for them. And then when you are done, you go back. No! It's to quicken something on your inside. That you are equally relevant in the realm of God. You are equally relevant in the dimensions of God. There is something about you that the world has never seen. You are the only person that represents it. That's why you are here. If that thing is no longer necessary, God will take you. That you are here. Is because there is something of God that the world has not seen. That you are the only person to bring to pass. And you will not leave this conference until you catch that word that will make you bring that thing to pass. This conference will not be over until you step into that understanding that makes you walk in the excellency and in the reality of what you were created for. In the name of Jesus Christ. So much can change in your life When you have the right revelation So much can change Many times we pray for what we already are Because we don't know He said they know not Neither will they understand So they walk on in darkness And when you pray for what you already have Even God will not know how to answer Because his goal is to tell you You already have this And then you are telling him Father I need it He said you already have it And until you see that you already have it, God can't help you. You are of God. Tell yourself, I am of God. I am of God. Convince yourself because the scriptures say it is. It doesn't matter how you feel. You may wake up in the morning and feel down and feel like the worst person on earth and feel like the most defeated person on earth. Put your feeling aside and carry the scripture. The scripture is more reliable than your feeling that's why i say we walk by faith not by sensory perception i feel down this morning but i'm of god i am of the heavens i carry the dimensions of the heaven it doesn't matter what i feel when i come things change when i come things happen somebody comes and say ah he doesn't feel loved he doesn't have favor not me not me i am too favored to be overlooked i'm too favored I don't need anybody to tell me I can enter a room and everybody try to reproach me That's their business I'm too favored, they don't need me here When I come to where they need me Everybody will celebrate me Carry a consciousness It say, let no one in Zion say I'm sick It's not because there are no sick people in Zion But you will have what you say Are we together? Number two I say, when there is a sound, then there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Every time there is a sound from heaven, that sound brings something that is of heaven. In Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4, it says, They were together in one accord in the upper room, and suddenly they heard the sound as of a rushing mighty wind. And as they heard that sound, they said, sitting upon them were cloven tongues as of fire. The Holy Ghost had descended. The reason is because spirits move on vibration. Spirits move on the frequency of sound. So every time there is a sound, then the spirit is moving. That's why I said the Son of Man will descend with a shout. Every time there is a sound, there is an outpouring of the spirit. And I say when this outpouring comes, there are three, few, three basic things it does. Number one is to activate your spiritual senses. Because everything you will have, is at the mercy of your consciousness. Paul said in Ephesians 1, 17, For this cause, I pray, praying for the church in Ephesus, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know the things that are freely, the exceeding riches of the things that were given to you. If your eyes are not open, there is no way you can have all you need. You can be crying over what is just beside you. Until your eyes are open. These guys walked with Jesus on the way to Emmaus. In Luke 24. And they were talking with Jesus. And they didn't know he was the one. Until he broke bread. And the moment their eyes opened. That was when they could interpret what was going on in their spirit. Did our hearts not burn when he speak. A man can be walking with the solution of the whole world. But his eyes are not open. So he doesn't know. A man can carry the answer to a biokuta. he doesn't know because his eyes are not open but when his eyes open suddenly he will say i knew this all the while so the reason you are where you are is not because you don't have the solution the world is looking for It's because there is an activation that is yet to take place a man who is supposed to be addressing nations can be languishing in obscurity because his eyes are not yet open. When the Holy Ghost is poured out, there is something he does. He opens your eyes. The cruise of oil in your house can be the solution you are looking for, but it takes an opening. You may be crying, seeking water, but there may be a well by your side and you may not see it. And you are almost dying until your eyes open. What is it that God has given to you that you have not seen? When the outpouring comes, which will happen in the course of this conference, your eyes will open and you will see it. Because the Holy Ghost comes to quicken our understanding. He said in John 16:13, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot receive it. How be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all reality. You may have everything you need, but you need to be guided through it to know what to do. What to take and what to start with. It takes an opening. It takes an unveiling. It takes an opening. Sometimes there is money somewhere. There is a business proposal somewhere. There is a man somewhere. You can access all three. The Holy Ghost will come and tell you, call this person. And as you call this person, you just call him to greet him. The person talks to you about the proposal and he says it carelessly. And then you know God was talking about something like that. And you discuss it with him and you get the money. All of those things were already in your sphere. But it takes opening of eyes. And that opening of eyes just came in the form of call this person. Life is very simple. The only problem is that life is a puzzle. It takes the unveiling of the Holy Spirit to make you see that puzzle. And so many people are walking in the midst of gold but they are looking for gold many people are walking in the midst of power they are looking for power if that outpouring begins to take place you may not fall under the anointing brothers and sisters because that's not the only manifestation of the spirit why others are falling under the anointing you may just sit down and the business plan begins to open in your mind if you are smart you begin to write because you have to write the vision and make it plain upon tables Many will be falling under the anointing and suddenly the Holy Ghost is giving you an instruction and then you are following. You are walking into your high places. That's what the Holy Ghost comes to do. To open your understanding. The Bible said in Luke 24 that Jesus came to them and he breathed upon them the breath of life and he opened their understanding that they may know the scripture. There are many scriptures you have quoted for 10 years. You've not seen any result. It takes an opening. And so when the sound comes what it does is that it opens your understanding And then suddenly you know what to do Suddenly you begin to see reality And then you know Sometimes when God wants to make these things beautiful It happens in an unexpected manner Some people may even be in the service They fell under the under their anointing The power of God moved for one hour And it looked as if nothing happened to you And while you are on your way home That's when your own angel comes And then it begins to talk into your ears. It just begins to discuss with you. You didn't receive your your impartation in the hall, but you received it notwithstanding. And if you can discern, then you know that you can have anything you want. It takes discernment. And this outpouring provokes that level of discernment. I tell you, most of the problems we have is a problem of a lack of discernment. But when there is a sound from heaven, there is an outpouring. When there is an outpouring, the eyes of your understanding is illuminated. Number two, what the outpouring will do as the sound enters your spirit is that it will transform you. It's impossible for a man or for the Holy Spirit to be at work in the life of a man and that man not to be transformed. When transformation is not taking place in your life, it means the work of the Holy Ghost is not yet strong. Because God is not just out to give you things. God is out to make you like him. The first power we receive is not a power to get. The first power we receive is the power to become. He said as many as received him. To them he gave power to become the sons of God. The problem we have most times is that we look like our environment. So we have the results of our environment. The day we begin to look like heaven where we have the results of heaven. The time has come for us to congregate in zion it's enough stop being like a christian in abiokuta it's time for you to become like a christian from zion you are not of abiokuta you are of heaven you are only a pilgrim in this territory when you go to the north and you see christians they look like the northern when you go to the south you see Christians. they look like southerners i know there are geographic effect in the life of men but a time has come where by the spirit we we ascend beyond that level so they don't think you have no integrity because you are from the east no you can be an evil man but you have conquered money you can be a yoruba man you have conquered fear you can be a man, you have conquered anger and aggression because you have grown beyond the power of your territory their ancestry and the patterns of your territory will not have the power to rule you but the only way that will happen is when the move of the holy ghost begins And when the move of the Holy Ghost begins, what it does is that it transforms you. There are three things the Holy Ghost does in a man that provokes transformation. Number one, he renews your mind. When the Holy Ghost begins to renew your mind, he begins to change the set of information that have formed strongholds within you. So you will discover that even though your people did it this way, the Holy Ghost will bring a scripture and say, this is a more excellent way. And then you will discover that you begin to align. When the Holy Ghost begins to transform a man's mind The Holy Ghost is beginning to shift that man Because the goal is from regeneration to transformation to transubstantiation The Holy Ghost is not just interested in your spirit The idea is not just for you to be born again The idea is for you to visibly live out the life of God So you journey from regeneration to transformation And then ultimately to transubstantiation Where you take off this earthly garment And you wear the celestial garment But now that you are yet in this body There has to be a full transformation Taking place So much so that when people are looking for God They say go to him We are in a generation where People are more afraid of pastors Than even businessmen Politicians can be more trusted than pastors Because the moment you come They are telling you one story or the other So if you even go somewhere and say I'm a pastor They say be careful But we will rewrite that order we will change that order because a righteous breed is rising that can stand in integrity around areas of money women power influence nothing can shake them we become like lively stones you see i lay in zion a tried stone a precious stone they that believe will not make haste We are not moved We have mastered how to abound and to abase Because we can do all things through Christ Which strengthens us Because we are renewed We are renewed in the mind There is a transformation going on in your spirit Some people will be making decisions I will leave this conference And I will pay the price in the place of fasting and prayer I will no longer cut corners I don't need to come to the altar and exaggerate If this thing is possible Let it work out through me don't need to come to the altar and manipulate people if god can bless men then let me become the embodiment of blessing if god can do it for a god can also do it for me what does it take i will pay the price there is a transformation going on i know that i have stumbled in this area for too long but i have changed my mind i have made up my mind by the help of the holy spirit i will no longer back down like paul you will tell yourself i will beat my body and bring in total under subjection if god is looking for 10 righteous men i am one of them your priorities will begin to change you will not just be that pastor that want to be driven to a conference in a black jeep with tinted glass you will not just be that pastor that has a big name you will have a focus now and say if god is looking for men he can trust in a even if there are two i'm one of them i may not have a big church it's glorious to have a big church But even if I don't have a big church, I will sustain my integrity. I may not be known. Even if I'm not known, it doesn't matter. I will sustain my integrity. A point will come when your priorities begin to change from earthly things to heavenly things. A point will come when your priority will begin to change from the things of aggrandizement in this realm to the things of eternal value. It means transformation is beginning to take place. That's what puts power in your spirit man. You'll come to that point where nothing moves you anymore. You say, it's either it's God or let nothing happen. And then you will stand there. Come rain, come shine. When the Holy Ghost begins to renew your mind, transformation is beginning to take place. The second thing the Holy Ghost does in transformation is that he begins to purge and to mortify the deeds of the flesh. Because as your mind is being renewed, your body must be mortified. That's why in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it said, if Christ is in us, he said the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead. He will mortify your earthly bodies. And he will quicken your spirit man. Because when the flesh is mortified, the spirit man is invigorated. Because the flesh lusteth after the spirit and the spirit after the flesh. And the two are one against another. So when the Holy Ghost begins to transform a man, there is something he does to his tendencies. The propensities of the flesh are beginning to be mortified. And a point will come where the things you are strong in the flesh, you will begin to lose ability in those things. It's natural for you to gossip. But a point will come when you can't find the motivation for gossip anymore. You can't find the energy for gossip anymore. A point will come when you who love to fight, all of a sudden you can't find that energy anymore. A point comes you where you who loves to betray, you can't find the energy anymore. Even when you try to do it, you have been mortified. You become weak. They are propensity for fornication But those propensities are mortified And then you find yourself You who would not see any pretty lady You who would not see any man say hello to you All of a sudden The next time somebody talks to you You are seeing a soul in the kingdom And then you are wondering what happened There is a mortification taking place When the Holy Ghost pours out upon you There by all means will be mortification If there is no mortification Then that Holy Spirit is not of God these are things that have heavenly values. And the conference will not answer to its name until these things begin to happen. It's not enough that you are healed. Healed on what? What is the point? You heal a fornicator and then it goes back to fornication. You are giving the person more license to perish in hell. What's the point? Is healing beautiful? Yes. Will God heal everybody? Yes. But God will not stop at healing. When you are healed... God will mortify the propensity of the flesh because God is not just interested in your body he's interested in your eternal state with him after this world is over and so God will not stop until he mortifies the flesh there's an outpouring that will be ensured in this conference and when it happens I tell you many mortifications will take place many people that have secrets terrible things in the dark All of those things will be burnt off. There will be a change. There will be a change. My greatest burden is to see men walk like God. It's okay if I come for a meeting and there is no visible manifestation of God, but there is an invisible manifestation. I'm okay when I come for a meeting and I see people weep and repent. It's enough for me. Because I know these ones, they become nations. Because God can count on them. God can trust them. God can rely on them. God is blessing millions of people every day. But he can't find men he can trust. Even the ones that bear the name of the law, they don't have enough integrity to bring a witness to their generation. Because there is no mortification. We don't give room for mortification. Many times when God brings the fire, we run away. But there is a time when God will allow you to go through the fire. Because there are too many chaffs that need to be burnt off. And in this conference, many chaffs will be burnt off. The third thing that happens when the Holy Ghost is poured upon you is that there is empowerment. It is useless to talk about God that you cannot prove. It is useless to talk about a dimension that you cannot validate. What God does for a man and to a man is that he doesn't only send him to talk about him and his dimension. He empowers that man to validate it and to prove it. I'd rather not speak about a God I can't defend. I'd rather showcase God and not talk than to talk about God and not be able to bring him on the scene. But God will pour out his spirit upon many so that there will be a validation of the things they profess. He said, until the spirit be poured upon us from on high, The wilderness will not become a fruitful field And the fruitful field will not become a forest The reason is because The dimension of God That animates the will of the Father Is the Holy Spirit That's why I called him The power that rose up Jesus from the dead When God pours out his spirit upon you It is natural for you to walk supernaturally It's not something you struggle with It becomes a natural reality Jesus didn't say we should pray for the sick He said just touch them It's enough when you touch them, they are healed. What is that realm? It is a realm of empowerment. He said, When I sent you out, did you go with anything? No. He said, Did you lack anything? No. That means everywhere you go, it becomes your property and your possession. If you step into a biokuta, you have a stake here. You have a inheritance, an inheritance here because there's an empowerment that will cause the resources of this land to gravitate in your direction. Men struggle because there is no empowerment of the spirit. When the spirit comes upon a man, one of the proof is that there is empowerment. When they were in the upper room and they heard a sound from heaven, something happened. These were men that locked themselves away in fear. But suddenly, there was an outpouring. And as they stepped out, they stepped out fearlessly. If you saw them a day before, you will not believe these were the guys. The same guys that were hidden behind closed doors. You will be amazed. Something has taken place. They went straight into the market And began to speak in tongues, Created all the attention And then they began to preach and to prophesy And they were not afraid of talking about Jesus How can a man Be crucified Few days ago Because he was considered to be the threat of society And then you don't just identify with that man You are now entreating people To come and follow that man Are you mad Something has gone wrong But that thing that went wrong went wrong for good and they did not stop there. They went from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth because an empowerment come. Think about it for a second. These guys had nothing. They left their families. They left their jobs. They had nothing. They were so empty that all of them were in one room. I don't know how big the room was, but I imagine how they were sleeping because they were locked out for at least 10 days they had nothing until all they have was themselves but suddenly men who had nothing they stepped out and the sick was healed and the bible said people sold lands and brought the money to the apostles feet and these men that had nothing became so big a company that they had a congregation of a city around them so much so that there were departments they had to ordain to take care of people that needed to eat food where did that transformation come from It is the outpouring of the spirit. It provokes empowerment. This empowerment is not just spiritual empowerment. Where you start healing the sick. It is financial. It is economical. It is mental. That's why till today, the things that fishermen wrote, we have not been able to understand it. They looked at them. They said, these are unlearned men. How can these men... Do you know most of the theology that is studied in advanced institutions of the world? oxford cambridge harvard the foundation was written by fishermen professors are now studying sometimes somebody will tell you i have a phd in the new testament i have a phd in the petrine epistle what a fisherman wrote you studied it Do you have a phd (laughs) and you have not finished that's mental power A whole university is studying what a fisherman wrote as a course. What kind of power is that? It's mental power. And they didn't stop there. The Bible said they put the sick on the street. Acts 5.15. That Peter will walk by. And that the shadow of Peter. The shadow of Peter will fall upon them. And the sick were healed. What kind of power is that? Even Jesus himself didn't heal with shadow. But you know what Jesus said? He said, when the Holy Ghost comes, he said, greater works than these.' That means there are dimensions that Jesus did not explore. He left it for us. (laughs) The Bible said, Paul wrought, God wrought mighty miracles through the hands of Paul, that handkerchiefs and aprons. That means... Pastor Shola invites me, and I say, Ah, uh, man of God, I'm sorry, sir. Um, I can't come. But uh, please, uh, use this handkerchief for the healing
1: service.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine what, what it will sound like? You now come for a conference, and then they tell you, Sorry, Pastor Shola couldn't come. He had an engagement, but he sent his handkerchief. He'll be like, What do you mean? When you finish saying, What do you mean? They'll say, Let's begin with those that have cancer. And then you'll still be there despising the handkerchief. Until four people with cancer come and they touch it and fall and the cancer vanishes. You now say, wait, what is happening here? That handkerchief, they will have to divide it into one million pieces. Because one must enter my home. <laughs> these were the dimensions that these guys were working in. Paul has invitations, he sends handkerchief. And the handkerchief will do Much more than Paul would have done if he's there. You know why? Because when Paul is there, at some point, Paul will become tired. They will say he wants to rest. Handkerchief doesn't get tired. (laughs) If Paul is there, at a point, Paul might be... He might just say, okay, because of time, let's stop the service. Handkerchief doesn't know time. So the handkerchief can continue walking till the next day. And even when the service is over... They can keep the handkerchief; it will still be working. So, supernatural power became a normal thing. They were so full of this, this dimension of the spirit that anything they thought about, they animated. That's why Paul said, "Even though we are not rich, he said, we make men rich." That means the reason we are not rich is a posture that we took. If they say you are blessed, if you like doubt it, you are blessed. A man comes to a realm where he doesn't need your faith. Because it's not at every realm you need people's faith. Because if you need people's faith at every realm, how will you pray for the dead man? <laughs> if they say you are blessed, you are blessed. It may look simple. At least that one, I've seen it in Pastor Deboe. There are meetings, heavy conferences that people will fast for 10 days to come and minister. And then he will send a clip, and sometimes the clip is two minutes, because it's not about the time; it's about the energy that is communicated. <laughs> Most times you come for meeting, people are shouting and dancing. He will just be chewing in tongues, and when he comes, he doesn't notice the atmosphere. He will need that when he's done praying, he will now read one verse and say that is your portion. If you like, believe it or not. When you go, it will happen. (laughs) The reason is because the Holy Ghost comes to make you a superman. He said you are a choosing generation. A royal priesthood. God's own special people. God fought to showcase the excellencies of God. You will leave this conference full of the spirit. Full of empowerment. You will go into your business... You will know what to do you will just know what to do you will know who to call you will know who to talk to you will know what to say and
2: things will change you will go back to your church and suddenly by supernatural empowerment things will just begin to shift things will begin to shift you will go into your family and supernaturally things will begin to change
0: i heard the story of benihim spoke to his son joshua and thinks the guy will not just obey him. And one day it dawned on him that wait too. Oh, this anointing that controls and corrects cancer also has a role in the human brain. He now led the boy to follow him for his service. The guy put his face cap backward sacked his jean. wore. This basketball baller singlet This long one And his shirt inside And he said, Dad When I go for that service Don't call me to the altar, alright <laughs> He was speaking slang He said, no problem No problem No problem When they lured him to church Hey, what's up, man Dad, what's going on here? So many people are crying
2: <laughs> No problem <laughs> Anything he says that time No problem
0: Until the anointing fell on the man of God And suddenly The father became a lion Joshua <laughs> Come here What is happening And Joshua was shaking like he. Joshua was crying <laughs> There is a dimension that will come upon you
2: The things you begged The things you knelt down for you will command them to happen. The places you couldn't enter by the Spirit, something will fall upon you and you will stand up without human connection. You will go there and the door will open on your own accord. You are permitted to be in prison until the Holy Ghost comes. They said Peter was put in chains. No problem in between 16 soldiers no problem until something happened and a beam came from heaven suddenly they said the chains fell on their own accord suddenly the men were slain suddenly the gate opened even the gate of the city there is a dimension that will come upon you and the gates that have held you back the doors that have shut you up they will open on their own accord you are not disadvantaged but there is a company you must come with there is something you must carry and this sound will introduce you to that realm many will be introduced into realms many will be introduced into dimensions many will be introduced into energy levels in the spirit thank you father he said where the word of the king is there is power who can say unto him what was that if this thing comes upon you you'll become a commander and there are many commanders rising from this conference thank you father you want to pray in the holy ghost for one minute and say I take it I receive it I step into it interact with it brothers and sisters Maravá, que é sozóvana satanáia Beranda, coaz Ali, aia. Jesus of us I tell you the Holy Ghost will introduce some of you to realms of power to realms of glory realms of wisdom in the name of Jesus Are being opened to men in high places. Gates are opening to men. You may not look like it, but I tell you by the Spirit, you are the one. You may not qualify for it, but the Holy Ghost will qualify you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, step into dimensions, step into gates, receive access to high places. Barakava Sandelege Parish. Some of you are receiving wisdom and understanding, instructions of the spirit. Things are coming into your spirit now by the Holy Ghost. The door is opening, the light is coming. E oh! You to heights in the spirit, you will ask yourself, Where are the mountains? Where is the darkness? It will be no more because you have ascended. See, before a plane takes off, you can see mountains, but there's a height the plane gets to, no mountain can get there. You enter a cruise you will say, Where are the mountains? There will be no more because even if they are there, their influence can't come that high. So the Lord says to you, Come up here. Come up here, come up here. You are being introduced to dimensions, you are being called into realms of reality. Where's darkness at the side of the light? Evermore, it's the other of light, You are the light that makes my face shine bright. Hey, as I look
1: your face, I become the light. In all and all. Oh, cuckoo, cuckoo. ¡Suscríbete
2: Thank you, Father. Please sit down for a moment. Let me show you the protocol. I told you there is a ha. Thank you, Father. So, channels of my spirit, open up. I am with the Father. Open up.
1: Go Holy não,
2: Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, please sit down. There are four
0: protocols of the Spirit for actualizing or for walking into these dimensions. God bless you. The first is the summon. The second is the covenant. The third is the ordination and the fourth is the resuscitation the summon the covenant the ordination and the resuscitation listen you have not entered the reality until you have the power to replicate it and for you to be able to replicate it you must have worked in this protocol Anything that is a fluke in your life is a setup. It's better, it doesn't happen. Because when the devil sees that this thing can happen in you, he will intensify your warfare so that it never happens again. That's why you don't lie about a spiritual thing, you don't exaggerate a spiritual thing. Because every dimension of men walking, there is a protocol that ushers them there. If you have not walked in this protocol and you make it look as if you walked there, you expose yourself in the spirit realm. And so I want to show you the how this morning because the Holy Ghost have begun that activation in your spirit already so that you know how to nurture it. The reason many don't go far is because of spiritual abortions. When God initiates a protocol, they abort it. And then they don't know why it looks as if something wants to start but it doesn't go anywhere. I will show you now. When a spirit and the spirit of God in particular wants to usher you to a dimension. It's more than an impartation. An impartation is either a stirring of a dimension or a bringing a man under the atmosphere of another being. After a while, that impartation will demand the laws of the spirit that govern that operation. If you can't work in that law, the impartation will lift. If Pastor Iyadeboe e. puts a grace on your life, there is a law that regulates it. You will walk in it after a while. If that grace wants to settle in you, that grace will begin to demand that consecration. If you don't pay that consecration, the grace will lift. I know it by experience. At best, it will remain a seed in your spirit until when you begin to service that grace with that consecration. There is a consecration that powers the grace for raising the dead. There's a consecration that powers the grace for walking in the world of knowledge. There's a consecration that powers the grace for raising men from witches. It's not a fluke. The men who service that grace, any day, any time, they can walk in it because they have it. And if a man who walks in a dimension puts a dimension on you, after two days you may walk in it. After one week, that thing that came upon you will begin to demand consecration because there is something that regulates that grace. That's why many times people have bought graces and dimensions, because they don't pay the price to sustain it. If God visits you, and God begins to walk on you by prayer, you must keep praying for that grace to walk. If God brought you a visitation because you were fasting, you will keep fasting for that grace to walk. The day you think, I have it, and you stop, you'll be amazed, it will vaporize. That's why when Paul laid hands on Timothy, he said, fan to flame. Don't just say Paul has laid hands on you, fan it to flame. Oh, time is a body. Let me just mention it. You go and do your search in the scriptures. The first law is the law of someone. There are two ways a spirit summons a man. Number one is by bodies. There are few people that have visible encounters. And so when we teach doctrine, we don't teach doctrine on the strength of spectacular realities. We speak doctrine. On basis of things that affects everybody And I tell you There is not one man that God wants to draw into himself That he doesn't put a burden on his heart Moses had a burden To deliver Israel He thought it was just his jealousy pushing him No, God has marked him to be the deliverer of Israel And so the burden came He became troubled by the suffering And the pain of the Israelites in the hands of the Egyptians So much so that he went out And killed an Egyptian It was a response to the burden of his soul there are most of you here that sometimes you wake up you say i want to fast for 21 days it's not because you love fasting there is a season upon your life you are beginning to be summoned the lord is wooing you some of you every night you wake up you want to pray you want to pray you don't know it's a body that's a spiritual language for drawing you to where the spirit is he will woo you to where he is by a body the reason is because you can argue with a doctrine But you cannot argue with the burden that is in your spirit. You will lose your peace until you service it. And when that burden begins to summon you, it means you are about to come into the circumference of a spirit. That's how they communicate with mortals. They enter your heart and they begin to stir the waters of your spirit. And it will trouble you until you turn in their direction. You may begin by the flesh, but somehow you must get there. When that burden takes place, then the second protocol under the summon is separation. You don't meet spirits in the public. You don't meet spirits in the market. You can have one or two encounters on your way to Damascus. But I tell you, you must go to Arabia. You must go to Arabia before you can download the full measure of His spirit. What happened to you in Damascus is a sign that God is interested in you. For you to host God, you will journey to Arabia. So God must separate you. That's why Moses went to the wilderness for 40 years. Until he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. When you don't attend to burdens and you don't respond to the need for separation, everything you receive is a waste. It will go with time. That's the first. I can't prove it, I can't probe it further. Go and study the scriptures, you will see it. These are spiritual patterns, they are littered in scriptures. It happened to Moses, it happened to Paul. Moses had a body, Moses was separated. Paul had a body. Paul's burden was to see people serve God in truth and in verity. And so when he had the law, he thought that was the right way. He persecuted the church for it until God encountered him. And Paul separated to Arabia and received the full counsel of God. He came back and began to teach the gospel. You must have a burden and there must be a season of separation in your life. Most of you will leave this conference and God will tell you to go on 21 days fast. God will tell you to begin to pray at certain times. Those are burdens. That separation is what will make you host that dimension and make it your own. Any day, any time, you can walk in it. And that's when you become a deliverer, a witness, and a savior to your generation. Things that happen to you once in a while cannot make you a solution to your generation. It is the things you have the power to command and to replicate that will make you a solution to your generation. Number two, covenants. When a spirit wants to have a relationship with a man, it doesn't deal at the frequency of emotion. You can go to God in prayer today and weep from night to morning. That's beautiful. But God will not meet you and walk with you on the basis of your tears. Because he knows men. Anything done on the premise of emotion does not last. That's why every spiritual relationship is predicated on a covenant. You may see a lady and say, I love her. God knows that you love her. But before God becomes a part of that relationship, there must be a covenant of marriage. It is on the strength of that covenant that God can become a part of that relationship. If there is no covenant, God will not recognize your love for her. Both of you can love yourself to the point of death. God is not there. But even if the love is still growing, at an infant stage, if you bring it to the altar and God consecrates it with the covenant, God becomes a part of that relationship. He will be so part of it that you no longer have the right to say, I want to walk out. Because covenants bind spirits to men. And so when God brings you to the mountain of separation, he will enter covenants with you. There will be laws. Some of us, the covenant we have with God is the covenant of solitude and mercy. So if you are not quiet in your spirit, you can't download what God is saying. There are men that have a covenant of prayer and they will pray for long to be able to assess God. There are men that it is sounds and worship. Every time they come to God in songs and in worship, their spirit is anointed. There are men that have a covenant of giving. The anointing on their life is stronger when they give. The same way you pray in tongues for 10 hours and feel anointed. When that man empties his account, don't come near him, daddy. He is full of the anointing. He is more anointed than a man that prayed for 12 hours. Because the covenant God gave him is a covenant of giving. So the more he gives to the kingdom advancement, the more anointed he becomes. Why somebody else may not give half of what one man gave once, but every day of his life is like a camel. He can kneel on the altar for 12 hours and he will be there like a gazelle. The more he prays, the more he gains residence. The more he prays, the more he gains power. And you are wondering what is happening. It is a covenant relationship. He is just servicing it. The day he stops it, he loses relevance in the realm of God. Covenants. And then number three is empowerment. When God gives you that covenant, then the rod of Moses will become the rod of God. You will discover that you don't need to change the way you talk. Ah, when I started preaching, I heard my first message. I said, God of mercy. We lighted the whole world at Idomama. I now came back for the second service. When I wanted to preach, I said, Praise the Lord. You know, the Holy Spirit is here. As I said it for five minutes, my head dried. <laughs> the oil had just vanished. I just went back. I said, When I entered my raw state, it began to flow. I said, thank God, I will stay where I am. If it is... The empowerment is not... Now, strive for excellence. Because I'm I'm not talking the way I used to talk. But don't be aesthetic. Don't be mechanical. Because you're under pressure to appear in a certain way. And then you quench the spirit of God. No, don't do that. While you grow in excellence, know that what activates the power of God in your life is the covenant you have with him. Not how you feel or how people feel about you. The more you service that covenant the more the rod of your priesthood will become longer. And the day will come, you that can sponsor one crusade, suddenly you begin to sponsor ten crusades at the same time. You that can only support something in Nigeria, you begin to support in ten nations. And then you are wondering how am I doing it? Capacity is increasing. Empowerment is increasing. The rod of your priesthood is increasing. And you will discover that you will be doing it from rest. From rest. Because empowerment has come. And when empowerment comes, resources will come. And that's why I'm assured to tell somebody here. That though thy beginning be small, thy latter end shall greatly increase. Your light affliction are but for a moment. They are working for you an exceeding great reward and glory. Don't be afraid what you look like today. You will not always look like this. You are on a journey somewhere. There's a dimension of God that is still resting upon you. It's a glory dimension. That's why it's coming like dew. It looks slow, but wait for it. A point will come, the glory will rest. And suddenly, the whole field will become white. Because you will be completely resuscitated. I read the Bible. Men didn't change, but God increased them. And things changed. He said, women... They brought their dead back to life. He said weak men. They were made valiant in strength. They fought until they put to flight the armies of the alien. The men he was talking about were the men of, they were like the men of David. 400 broken and battered men who were in debt. Suddenly they came under an atmosphere. And the point came. It became an error for you to call them broken men. They became the mighty men of David. A point came. The Bible said Eliezer, the son of Dodo. He said he had a spear. And he fought for money to night And he slew 800 men He fought until his hands Became cleaved to the sword That means even when the battle was over There was too much energy The guy couldn't stop They don't know how to be defeated They don't know how to quit There's too much So battle is over There's still energy The guy can still kill a thousand men Because a grace has come You will enter into abundance of grace So abundant that God will so bless you you will sponsor kingdom projects until when you are done sponsoring you will say Lord what else will you have me do and God will say don't worry you are a son of consolation a point will come you will be so in grace that you will heal by the spirit heal the sick until they will bring everybody in the city they will be healed the anointing will still be dropping and then you say what do I do with this anointing and then you start impacting people you will just be disseminating because you become a fountain of life that's why I say they that believe out of their belly, it's not a cup. it's not a well. They say they are rivers. It's not even a river. They are rivers of living water. Many people will walk in so much grace that they will have too many. When you talk about wisdom, they speak like a god. When you talk about power, there is no solution that defies what they carry. When you talk about influence, they can bring the whole nation under the cross. When you talk about finances, they are so wealthy that they sponsor everything, all in one man, because of the grace. He said, they will receive the fullness of, of grace And of the gift of righteousness They shall king in life It's not raining. the word is kinging <laughs> They will king That means everything they do They rule And that is your portion That is your portion You enter into the realm of abundance Abundant wisdom Abundant knowledge Abundant might Abundant money Abundant grace In the name of Jesus. So let it be written. And so let it be established. In Jesus precious name. Give the Lord a big
3: hand. You were blessed by the message you just listened to. And wish to make Jesus your Lord and personal savior. Kindly repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, and that He died for my sins and was raised from the dead for my justification. I therefore confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I am born again. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. If you just say this prayer, please send us an email on Discipleship at gmail.com or reach us on our website or to enable us to reach you and afford us the privilege to disciple you. God bless you.